What's up, everybody? Welcome. Uh, yeah, I see what you're doing there. I <laughs> to another episode of Band, the Real Life Misadventures of Rick Dunstard and Friends. I'm Dustin Bones, and please welcome the man of the show, the host of the event, Mr. Rick Dunsford. What's up, folks? What's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, man, we took a little bit of a, uh, a not really a break. I mean, we had a highlight episode last week. Where we uh, played an interview clip from Guns and Radio, where we talked about a lot of things. Some things we'd already talked about in a little more detail on this show, but uh, some things we have not. And uh, the biggest thing that came out of last week's episode that I really wanted to discuss in long form, but we discussed in long enough form, I guess, is uh, the death of Rick Dunsford and the back alive. And the resurrection. I guess that's another way to look at it, is uh, the resurrection of Rick Dunsford. Uh, that was an interesting uh, episode. But, of course, we did the uh, the highlight clip uh, because I could have scheduled the return of the show myself a little bit better and not done, not did it when we would record one episode. Then you had to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that was a bit of an oversight on my part, but it worked out. Um, so I got two things to ask. How was Disney World? First of uh, all, it was, it was fabulous. It was uh, it was magical. Uh, best way to describe it. How long? Uh, how long were you guys there? A week. Yeah, it was, a week's all you need there, bro. Uh, oh yeah, I was about to think three days would be all I could handle. Did you go every day for a week? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was a. Uh, I was wore out. I got a nice tent uh, on my shoulders, dude. I was. I got. I got a nice burn. Oh uh, yeah, you got the 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 orange, the red tan, not the orange one. Yeah, that's definitely the red one, man. It'll be able to turn <laughs> orange after afterwards, you know. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad you guys had fun, and you know that's an important trip. So the kids will remember that their whole life, the time their dad took them to Disney World. So that that's that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I'd never been as a kid, so it's something I definitely wanted to do uh, for my kids, and it was awesome, and I'm glad I got to do it, and we're definitely going to do it again. Would you recommend it out there? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Definitely got to go at least once in your life. Oh, yeah. Um, Talking about, going back to last week's episode, there's a couple of things I've noted, just for a little cleanup work, before we get into the story of the day, which, by the way, the story and the topic of today is Lita and the Luchagors. Now, a lot of people may not know that former WWE wrestler Lita was actually in a band, and Rick had, well, a pretty good bit to do with the band and helping them out uh, for a period of time. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I want to backtrack for a minute on a couple of questions I've got from last week's episode. Now, we talked about the Chicago show. We talked about how we got a hotel and everything like that. And uh, what happened at the hospital and everything. But there's one thing that I didn't dwell on too much that I really wanted to ask you about. I've, uh, I'm sure you know what I'm going to ask because there's only one question that you ask anybody that's died. Is there anything in the, in the clip you said it was just like a movie, somebody cut out a scene and in your memory, is there anything you remember at all during that time or is it just 
one second you're partying and the next second you're waking up. All right. So it was like, all right. So obviously, Monty, your favorite part of the Indie Guns and Roses show is when Night Train comes on. You know, at that oh, yeah. point, you're you're wore out, you're exhausted, and then then this burst of energy just comes, man. It's just like rejuvenating you, man. You're just like, all right. You know, you feel like you're exhausted. You're about to give out, and and then all of a sudden you hear the horn, and then the guitar comes in, and and then oh yeah, me and you just start jumping. And you know, I mean, we're we're excited, you know what I mean? And then like, uh, and then I, I think that overdid it for me, man. Uh, and then like, I I remember security looking at me. And then whenever uh, it went to another song, it was uh, it was the encore, wasn't it? Uh, I believe it was Madagascar. Yeah. Madagascar. And I remember security. I remember I just felt like something wasn't right with me. And I and I was looking at the security guy, and he was like, "Hey, you all right?" And I went, "Fuck yeah, I'm all right." <laughs> I front row at a Guns N' Roses show. Why wouldn't I be all right? The next thing I know, man, I just feel like uh, I just fell over. I, I remember someone grabbing me, and then I feel like I feel like I'm being carried. You know, like uh, you know, like you would carry a small child. You know, like holding them like this. I felt mm-hmm. I felt that. Then I just see these lights. I'm so disoriented, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just it's just pure black. I don't. Uh, and then next thing I woke up. I'm gasping for air, like I'm gasping. I'm like, I don't know what's happened to me. I have all this stuff on me. Uh, and, uh, and immediately when I got up, I was like, I, they wouldn't let me stand up. They had an ambulance there. And I'm like, no, let me go back to the show. Let me go back. Uh, <laughs> Cause I, I, I could still hear, I could still hear uh, the concert going on. So that's the, that's immediately the first thing I thought about. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to miss the ending, man. Come on. Like, and, I remember, uh, dude, because you were telling me, dude, take me back, take me back. And I was like, dude, fuck Axl Rose, fuck Guns N' Roses. You need to go to the hospital. And then Rick's like, no, fuck you. I want to go. <laughs> I, I wasn't in my right, like, I don't know. Dude, it, it was just kind of weird, man, because it's like the way I felt. Uh, it's just so hard to describe, man. I've never felt anything like it before. It was like I felt numb, like my, like. I felt numb all here. You know what I mean? Just completely numb. Do you remember and, how your arms and things were contorted when you woke up? Do you remember that? How you couldn't move your hands? I was locked. I remember being locked. I, yeah. I, I figured that's rigor mortis kicking in. Yeah, I, I remember I was locked in and I, I didn't know what was going on. And I was, I and the one thing I remember more than anything was just gasping because I couldn't breathe i wasn't breathing and i and then i was like gasping for air and like struggling to breathe and then i and then i kind of i felt like i blacked out again because i don't remember what happened after that the next thing i know is i come back to whenever there's like this mask on my face and i'm in the back of an ambulance and then i see all these fans uh coming by the coming by the ambulance giving me a thumbs up and then doing the come on man doing this and I'm like, who the fuck are these people? What's going on here? You know, like, because you have to think, man, like, my memory, I don't know what the, I didn't know what the fuck happened. I don't know, yeah. like, did I, get, did I get poisoned? Did something hit me in the head? I don't know, man. I was like, you know, so, like, I was scared to death because I don't know how the hell this happened to me. And I'm in Chicago. I'm like, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm so far away from home. And you know what I mean? I just, it freaked me out. I didn't know what was going on. So, like, but, yeah, my memory, like, 
it was just black. It, uh, I, it was just, uh, you, you take this film strip, you know, and you just kind of snip, snip, and then you paste this part together. And then that film strip goes this big, turns into this, even yeah. to like a small. And uh, I don't know, man. It was just, uh, it was a very bizarre experience. Uh, but yeah, man, it, I still don't know what happened, like, as far as it goes, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. The weird part for me, the worst part, is while Rick was in the hospital, I had to call Ashley. <laughs> and I had to call Mama Dunsford. <laughs> and what the fuck do you say? Like, he's okay. Now, he died, but he's okay now. <laughs> like... <laughs> Me and my mother was just talking about this, uh, I believe, uh, two days ago. And she said that uh, it was my phone that called her, but it was you on the phone. And she just completely had a – she was completely freaking out. Because <laughs> she was watching a pay-per-view uh, at the same time, you know. So it was funny is when you go back and watch that pay-per-view during Madagascar, you watch Axel's eyes. You can actually – you know when it happens. Yeah. And you can actually see his eyes following me all the way up to the point where I'm not a pitcher. Like, As it's zooming in on Axel at the beginning of Madagascar, you see some feet being moved off of, out of the out of the out of the off the screen, and that's Rick being carried away by the security guard. Now, if you see me, I don't know if you can see me or not, but I wasn't looking until Axel's looking over there, and he's like, and I looked over. And Rick wasn't there, and and then yeah, we talk about it in the episode. That's in the archives. Well, look at that I'll go ahead. I was gonna say there's two things that I didn't talk about. The homeless guy while I was standing by the ambulance. I didn't go in the ambulance. I rode shotgun with the ambulance driver. But while Rick was in the bank, they worked on him in the ambulance for a little bit before they took us to the ER. And uh, while he was in the back of the ambulance, I was standing beside it. And, of course, we always have people, homeless people, trying to start a fight with us. This is the one time I almost slugged somebody. And he had he'd went to a newspaper machine, put a quarter in, took all the newspapers out, and was going around to people trying to sell the newspapers. And... So I'm standing there by the by the ambulance. I'm not paying attention to anything really going on around me. I'm just kind of my mind's spinning. I'm trying to think of what the fuck are we going to do? What the fuck's going to happen? I was worried about you primarily. But at the same time, you know, we're in fucking Chicago. We only got this hotel for a night. I mean, we'll be fine for today, but what are we going to do tomorrow? What if Rick's in the hospital for three days or some shit? We don't, we don't, we didn't know anything. We were, it was scary. And so I'm sitting there, my mind's just turning in every possibility scenario, and I'm come, trying to come up with a plan. Okay, this is what we'll do. Everything will be fine. I'm trying to remain calm, so we'll be fine. Because right now, Rick's the one being worked on. I've got to be the one that's going to be the, the, the doing the thinking here. And, and shit right now at least at least that's so i thought it it didn't end up being i mean yeah motherfucker died i guess but like it didn't as bad as i say it didn't end up being all that bad like it was just a night at the hospital after it was all said and done yeah we got but, out uh, like at like three in the morning or whatever but you know but what i was gonna tell you though what the was ironic when axel was like uh watching me being carried away you look back at it now that motherfucker what well, he knows now though he's probably like 
You should have just let that motherfucker stay there. <laughs> oh, man. Which we will be talking about a future episode coming up. We're saving it for something special. But how Rick got, and we've also got to wait for the story to end so we can tell the whole story. But how Rick got banned is going to be a story someday. It's an ongoing story right now. <laughs> yeah, it's still going on. We don't want to tell the story and then have to come back and tell it again so we can have the ending. We need, you know, we need the whole story. But exactly. One thing we do have the whole story to is Lita and the Luchagors. And. That's what our topic of conversation is going to be from now on. So we talked in a, uh, a previous episode about how you managed Michael Graves and uh, booked a few tours for uh, for him and a couple of other bands and things. But Lita and the Luchagors is not the name of the band. The Luchagor. If it was Lita and the Luchagors, they'd probably still be around today. But the it was just the Luchagors. And let's let's talk about that. First off, before we get started, though, I am going to say throughout this uh, podcast, we're going to be playing some clips. Another thing a lot of people don't know that we are going to talk about in a future episode, so we're not going to give too much detail on it right now, is that at one point in time, Rick actually had his own radio show. It was a, so, it was a podcast before podcast became a thing so yeah and it was actually on the radio too so we're going to be playing some clips where rick actually interviewed lita on the rick dunsford radio show and i think the first clip we're going to play i'm going to play the first clip now and this is lita talking about how the luchagors uh basically formed and what made her want to form a band? All right. So let's uh, let's play that clip. Well, I mean, music's always been such a huge part of my life, and the only reason I wasn't doing anything with music while I was with the WWE is because. The schedule is so demanding that you pretty much, I mean, you barely have time to sleep, much less pursue, you know, other stuff going on. So, um, my contract was coming up, and they wanted to renew it for another five years. I'd already been the WWE for seven active years, so um, I definitely did not get in to the WWE for it to be a paycheck, but towards the end, it kind of just felt like a paycheck, and, um, you know, there's a lot more to life than a paycheck, and I wanted to make sure I was doing something uh, profitable or not that was passionate for me and that was fun. What kind of bands did you grow up listening to? Well, the, the first and the main band that I always mention is Seven Seconds. And um, a bunch of the DC hardcore too, like Minor Threat and Dag Nasty and Bad Brains and you know the Dead Kennedys and a bunch of you know like Southern California skate rock, like Pennywise was a little later on, and um, you know like uh, a bunch of like even some of the straight edge bands. Although I would never, I never consider myself straight edge. 
All right. So there's there's kind of talking about what happened. She basically wanted to do something new. That- you know what's bad? What's fascinating about Lita, though, man, was like, you look at her, man, and it's just, I, I always just assumed she would be like, uh, you know, her look and everything like that was just a gimmick, you know what I mean? For, the, for WWE, they wanted her to be this rocker-looking girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, finally, you know, but as you can hear when she was talking about the music she listens to, dude, I'm telling you, man, this chick right here is sh- as punk as they come, man. She she embodies that spirit, and that's, that's what's awesome, you know what I mean? Just... Gorgeous WWE diva, you know what I mean? Like, oh, listen yeah. to uh, listen to the same kind of music that I'm so passionate about too. You know what I mean? Like, I love punk rock. That's honestly one of my favorite genres. You know, and it's just and I, that's what drew me to her so much, man. Was just wanting to work with her. When um, when did the opportunity arise? When did you? Well, let me rephrase that. When did you first hear about the Lucha Gores? Okay, so that's interesting too. So. All right, so you know, uh, the listeners of the show know that uh, I've worked. Uh, me and my... Ah, shit! Sorry, the <laughs> the clips are going out of control right now. They've got a mind of their own. Damn it, Amy, interrupting me! I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, so uh, as many uh, if you listen to the show before, you know that I have a history with working with uh, Michael Graves, formerly of the Misfits, and he was kind of. Uh, he was kind of my gateway into uh, into getting into this working with artists. So, um, one one promoter that uh, I would use out of Chattanooga, his name was uh, Rob, and I always uh, referred to him as Rob from Ziggy's because that's where he would book uh, Michael Graves. That was at a venue was this fucking awesome. I mean, fucking awesome venue in Chattanooga. It's probably one of my favorite punk rock venues. It's called Ziggy's. I don't know if it's still around. It's just a small shithole. That you would shout, shout out I, to Ziggy's. I mean, it's fucking awesome, dude. I love Ziggy's. But so uh, he would, he was a big wrestling fan too, and he kept telling me about um, this band called the Lucha Gores and his Lita, and I'm like, what the fuck, Lita? Really? She's in his, she's in a band. Like, so me, my curiosity, I'm just, I started looking her up, and they literally had no representation. They had no kind. They were just playing local shows, dude. That they only played in Atlanta. So I reached out to them, uh, and then to I got no response. I know uh, my buddy Rob, he reached out to him, too, uh, trying to tell him about me. And uh, I know that the guitar player was unsure. I was I was young, dude. It was like, this was like 14, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, I had long hair. I wore the bandana. I just looked like, you know, just this. I, I remember just, those days. Yeah, I was just some kid, man. You know what I mean? They just had a very little experience, but... Whenever, uh, whenever they found out that I had, uh, that I did work, I had some credibility to me. Well, with booking tours with Michael Graves and actually touring with Graves, well, Amy, uh, they gave me a chance. You know what I mean? And, and at this point, I have not met, I have not met any element in person yet. I, me and Amy have spoken on the phone at this point. So, I, uh, I wanted to book them a small tour. You know what I mean? Just to show them what I can do for them, and. Uh, so that they gave me an opportunity, and I, you know, I would hit up my uh, my markets that I had very strong connections with, you know, Ziggy's uh, in Chattanooga. I hit Birmingham, uh, you know, then I'll have Tupelo. I'd have all these other places ready, you know. Um, and I remember going out to the Birmingham show, and uh, and then that's where we all 
officially met and it it was amazing man amy she uh she would it's hard to say man she she believed in me okay she believed in what i was doing she knew what i can do for them and she gave me the opportunity you know and and i'm quite forever grateful for that man she's she is the real deal man and and you could tell when you talk to her about music and you just watch her perform and you know she's really into that you know and it's the kind of passion that you don't really see with her and wrestling much you know you can tell that this is what she really wanted to be doing you know oh yeah well uh before we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh birmingham in just a minute but first while we're still here at the sort of beginning phase i do want to play a clip for how the lucha gores got their name now lita was a wrestler and if you know anything about wrestling you probably know how part of it came along but let's hear exactly from lita's own own words what happened there Another bass player before our current bass player Jay Hedberg, and he played with us for like maybe only like five shows or so, and he's a total goofball in a good way. He would we would get like texts like through our, our all like all hours of the night like with the most ridiculous names, and then we'd be like you know fuck you or shut up whatever you know, and then um, and then he said Lucha Gores, and he said just kidding. We're like no, actually like you actually might be onto something. And, um, yeah, I thought it was cool just because, you know, regardless of any WWE stuff, the Lucha Libre style and the whole Mexican wrestling stuff has been a big part of my life. So, you know, the Lucha coming from that part. And then Shane, who I co-write, who's the guitar player, and then we co-write all the material together. He is huge into horror and builds sets for um, horror films. And he's just like, uh, he does a horror, has a horror host character here in town. So we're like kind of like combining the two brains behind our bands and so it stuck with us nobody else can seem to remember it but it sticks with us all right so that's uh how they got the name and that actually makes a lot of sense because uh we're gonna talk about some horror movie stuff that you guys worked on together here in just a minute but um when you get to birmingham and you meet Lita the first time because you were very young. You were 2009. We're the same age, so it's easy for me to figure out. I don't just keep up with Rick's fucking birthday. He, he His birthday is literally the same week as mine, so it's easy to figure <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, no, the Birmingham show was like 2007. Okay, so Birmingham was in 2007. So let's see. We were 18 in 04. 19, 20, 21. You were 21? About? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, probably, yeah 21, yeah. And uh, so you get there. It's this 21-year-old kid. And when Rick says he had long hair back in the day, uh, <laughs> I should show a picture on the video version. I'm not going to. But you, you can find uh, them can. out there Hi, with I the pink mind. bandana. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're talking long hair. That was how I met first Rick. Rick, the first time when you first come in, did she know it was you? Did she say like, "Oh, who's this kid?" Oh, hey, kid, you want an autograph or something? Like, how did that go down? Well, um, the promoter for that show was a was a good friend of mine. Well, is a good friend of mine. His name's Brent, uh, and you met him. He's the one that went to. Uh, yeah. He's the one we picked up. Yeah. So, uh, 
I get to the show and uh, the band is just arriving. So, you know, he goes up to introduce himself as the promoter or whatnot. They're setting up and I'll come in and uh, Shane, uh, I remember meeting Shane for the first time and Amy walks up, which that's Lita. Uh, I, I don't call her Lita, I call her Amy, but um, she comes up and we're all just hanging out, uh, talking, introducing ourselves. And then uh, Shane makes sure he's, because uh, they played their first show already. And then he uh, came up and he, he said, hey, did you get paid for it already? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, it's already taken care of. And so he, because he was trying to reach full money out of his pocket to pay me for uh, booking that first show. And because usually the, my cut would be a 10% cut of uh, what the guarantee is for uh, uh, for the booking fee, you know? Um, you know, so, uh, but that was our, all my fees were already taken care of at that point. They just had to fulfill their commitments. But um, I remember we all were hanging out, talking, and um, they, uh, on, they saw a flyer on the wall and this is and it had a picture of it had a wwe promo picture on it and it said the luchagors future and Lita of the wwe uh she wasn't angry with me about it but she was kind of sad they were like well we're trying to get away from this image this wrestling image you know we're wanting to be recognized for our music you know and at the same time you know like i was kind of like well there is a selling point to this band and the selling point is Amy's past, you know what I mean. So that's how you're yeah. going to. That's how you get people in the door. You know, you get people in the door to start seeing this band, and then we could just completely drop this WWE stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know, for the first tour, so you you're going to have to really you want to pull get heads in, especially when you have a guarantee. You know, because right now, Amy and the Luchagors is essentially a no name band. Okay, but mm-hmm. the yeah, Luchagors, I mean, it is a no name band. Who the fuck is this band? Why should I care? Like if they don't put Lita on the front of the on, on the front of the flyer, ain't nobody coming to this show. You know, so I had to I had to I had to get in touch with all the promoters and let them know, hey, do not use any WWE imagery, do not use any WWE logos. Uh, you know, the only thing that we could the only thing that we could put on there was featuring former WWE superstar with no logos. You know, Amy, Dumai. Uh, you know, so. Uh, formerly known as Lita. Uh, so we were able to get that uh, straightened out, you know, and, you know, there were some growing pains, you know, because like I said, this was, uh, this was my second, uh, this was my my third tour ever booking. My first two tours were for Michael Graves. And uh, at that point, me and Michael went separate ways. And uh, me and, uh, you know, so this is a new chapter of my life that I was starting. And, and so, you know, we, uh, I mean, we hit it off really well, you know. It was a very successful working relationship, you know. Uh, at one point, you know, I, this is this is back in MySpace days, okay? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, in doing I, my research for this episode, I was trying to find anything I could find on the Luchagors. And to be honest, this podcast, I think, is going to be the most informational thing ever created about that band. There's just nothing out there. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, uh, and I don't understand why, man. Because I mean, it's a lot, punk rock's not for everyone. You know what I mean? I, I love simple three chord rock. That's just there's something about it. It's just I love it, man. It's just it gets me going. It hypes me up. Uh, I'm into it. It's my thing, you know. Uh, and this is why it was like a match made in heaven for me, you know, like. But because uh, uh, Amy was always, I mean, always my favorite 
female wrestler. Like, I used to hate watching females wrestle. But when Amy would come on, I'd be like, okay, well, I know she can hang with the guys with with, with her moves. I know she can do all this shit. So, but- yeah, you got to remember, though, this is back in the day when WWE didn't really hire wrestlers like they do now. And women's wrestling has come a long way. Now it's the best. In 2021, women's wrestling is a lot of times the best thing on the card because you've got like Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. And you've just got an entire roster of amazing wrestlers. Back in 2007 and six, anything before this revolution, as they've called it, WWE had Lita, Trish Stratus, Victoria, Molly Holly, but then the rest were pretty much strippers that it was a lot of hair pulling, rolling around. And if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh, you're, talking about, you're not talking about Stacey Keebler, are you? Yes, <laughs> like it's just a bunch of strippers scuffling. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good to look at when you're like a 13 year old boy. But I mean, after you've grown up and you've got internet porn at your at your fingertips, who cares? Like, there's better sh- there's better shit on the internet. <laughs> like, and so that's just what it was back then. It was a different world. You know, but Lita stood out. Yeah, and that interview clip that you played uh, where they're talking about uh, uh, Shane, okay? So here's a little bit of information about Shane. Uh, he is the guitar player of the band, uh, a very, very, very much horror hound, you know? Uh, and that's where uh, me and him kind of, like, had a lot in common right there because, dude, you know me, Bertrand, you know, uh, Bones. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, love, uh, I love horror movies. That's one of my favorite genres. And the cheesier, the better, you know what I mean? 80 slashes, ah. Uh, Man, that's like a climax for me. I love it. That's like, that's oh, that's my that's my shit. That's my jam, man. I love it. But yeah, Shane, he used to have this theater in uh, uh in Atlanta where he ho- I, man, I forgot what the fuck it was called, but it was it he would host this uh show and um he would also do all these designs. And I remember um I had the at, at another show Amy was playing at uh, the Lucha Gorge were playing. He created he created these Lucha Libre masks, but they were very horror themed, but yet wrestling themed too. You know what I mean? So that's they really made, cool to me. And there was only like a there was only a few made, and I wish I would have got one of those, man, because they were they were killer, dude. And there was a lot of talent in that band, dude. And um, so here's a cool story about them, man. Like when they were on tour. And they were coming through my town, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. You know, I I did not expect uh, – I, was, I was just expecting them to come to the venue or us to go out to eat, hang out a little bit. I get a call from Amy, and she was like, hey, Rick, we're, uh, we're having band trouble right now. Uh, is there anywhere we could take it to get work on? And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and so I had to make a few phone calls, and I believe it was like some kind of a – So they're doing the actual punk rock – style tour they're not in a big tour bus like she can afford let's let's be real but but they're actually doing the punk rock experience where they're sleeping in a van they're driving themselves from tour date from date to date yes i mean she embodied that spirit i do when i'm telling you man she's this this chick is like as punk as they come to she no matter all the riches or the fame and all that she had she didn't care. She didn't give a fuck about any of that. She, she her focus. That's that's what I admired about her so much, man. She just she oh yeah, embodied that. She embodied that punk spirit, man. 
And um, I respect that even more, by the way. Oh, dude, I, Knowing that you could, like if you were broke and you didn't have a choice, yeah, that's one thing. But when you could and then you you choose to do that fucking lifestyle for the genre of music because it's part of the experience of being in the van, band, not van, but yeah, what, what, yeah both. But yeah, they all travel cool. together. It was only four of them. They didn't have no uh, road manager. They didn't have any of this. You know what I mean? It's just them four traveling together. And um, so, you know, she calls me and says that their van's breaking down and it, they're having van problems. Can you get us somewhere set up to uh, get our van worked on? I'm like, okay. So I, I called uh, I called a local shop. I told them, all right, come here. I will meet you there and I will pick you guys up. It will take, a, it will take about six hours to get worked on it. And they were really, they were very tired. So I'm like, okay, um, I'll go and get them. Okay, uh, me and uh, my girlfriend at the time, which was uh, now my wife, we go pick them up. And I mean, I had this like crappy uh, Ford Explorer, you know. Uh, it was like a. Is that the one? Is that the one we total in episode one? I don't know. No, it's the one that we traveled to in uh, Kansas City in 2011, where all uh, where. Oh uh, yeah. That, that story that, has not. That story's yet to come. It's coming, folks. But um, yeah, that awkward right there, story. So we go and pick them up, and then I'm like, "Well, we're just gonna go back to my house." And um, so, and a lot of people don't know this, but Amy and Shane, uh, uh, they they were dating at the time, or you know, they were they were a couple. And then uh, so we go to my house, and uh, and Amy, Mitch, they were tired, you know, so. I'm like, well, okay, well, I'm about to have, like, my favorite WWE diva at my house. <laughs> and then uh, I, I guess she's going to be sleeping in my bed, you know? <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was like, how the fuck is all this happening? You know, like, I, I, didn't, I woke up that morning not knowing any of this was going to happen. So so I'm, like, in a panic. I'm in a rush. I'm like, okay, let me let me make this place look presentable and let me make this bed as comfortable as possible. <laughs> because it was, it, it was legit. They just, they were just tired, man. They're exhausted. They're a band on the road, you know, traveling all night. So, so you didn't I, even I, have a guest room back then, did you? So you probably had to couch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I had, I set up my room and, uh, my, and Ashley, she, she helped me get everything set up. So they get there, you know, and you could tell they were exhausted. <laughs> so I'll go and show Amy, uh, Amy and Shannon, you guys go in and rest, get you some rest. They had a show that night. Um, and then, uh, then the other two, uh, the the bass player and the drummer, man, we all uh, we all stayed up and we were playing Guitar Hero <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in the living room, man. We were just like rocking out, dude, just for hours, dude. We were just like throwing down, and we we're like, it's like we felt like we were in the band together, dude. We were just like getting into it, headbanging, you know, <laughs> one of us on drums playing. I mean, it was just the full shebang. It might have been rock band, not Guitar Hero, rock band, but yeah, we had the we where had you the have the drums and. The- yeah, I had my brother over, AJ. Uh, we were and we were all just hanging out, man. Um, uh, I can't, I, I don't, I can't remember if uh, I don't know if there was any uh, green or not. But you know, we were all just hanging out, you know, just having <laughs> a good time. Um, and then you know they were resting, so they got up. We all uh, and I got a call that the van was ready. So um, uh, my AirPods fell out. Here we go. Uh-oh. So. Uh, so uh, at, while they were arrested, though, um, uh, Ashley she uh, she was doing her laundry for them, 
because this was on a Saturday. <laughs> this is such the. This is totally. Listen, man. I love that you guys weren't even married yet. You were dating, and this is totally the spending the night at Rick's house experience. Like it's <laughs> a, a very much a got their shit together family. Like mom's gonna do your laundry. <laughs> You're gonna have something to eat. You're gonna, yeah, dude. I mean, we we were doing the whole thing, dude, and like, and it was crazy because like, it, like, no one knew this though, but like, and I didn't know it until they got to my house. But Amy was like, uh, I, yeah, I need this memory because I gotta go to Memphis uh, after the show tonight because I'm gonna be. No one knows this, so please don't tell anyone. But I'm gonna be on Raw this upcoming Monday for the 15th anniversary, and I'm like, oh shit, this just got better, man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so. uh so Ashley's literally, literally washing her wrestling clothes, and uh, so we, <laughs> so we go out and we do, and they do the show, you know, and uh, we're happy. it was a great time, you know, and then um, they we ended up parting ways that night. That night, you know, we had a cool, there's this cool picture of us uh, outside their van, and it, you know, I have my long hair, I have these camo shorts on. Uh, I think I'm wearing this like Lucha Gore shirt. I've got to find the picture somewhere. Uh, and then it's just me, Amy, Jay, Shane, uh, all of us just hanging out together. It's just by this van. It's my, one of my favorite pictures, you know. Uh, it's one of my favorite times, man, in my life because it was just, you know, it's just so much excitement, uh, so much unknown uncertainty during that time, you know. But um, so Amy goes, and I'm watching Raw, and uh, my gosh, she comes out, and I'm like, and then uh, Ashley, my <laughs> wife, she says, hey, those, those are the pants I just washed for her. <laughs> if you're watching the video version on gunsandradio.com, I've pulled up the uh, the YouTube video, and there it is. So, so this is funny to me. Like this outfit, oh, that's Trish Stratus. Hang on, let's fast forward a little bit till we get to Lita, because this is hilarious to me. Just to know that, like, when Lita shows up here in a minute, that your wife there she is. Your wife literally washed the outfit. <laughs> There she is. Yeah dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like two days before that, she was like sleeping in my bed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the outfit that that your wife washed. And yeah. and oh like, man! And it was like crazy too, man. Like you know, you see her on TV and all that. And she's just they're traveling in this like band, dude. Just this punk rock. It's just broken down, dude. And she's just they're just like struggling musicians, and then. Boom, let's go. Let's go do this. Uh, this big TV show now, you know, and it's just—I it, mean, it was awesome, man. Uh, Let me go to work, kind of like how we have a podcast, and then go to work. And <laughs> well, so, so you know, like uh, things ended up getting was going really great. You know what I mean? They were so happy with uh, the whole band was so happy with the uh, with the way everything was going. You know, even there was a few hiccups along the way. You know what I mean? But. So, uh, Amy, uh, she, uh, she told me, uh, I'm going to give you all my login information for, uh, my MySpace, her own personal MySpace. So I was like running her personal MySpace for her. It was doing stuff outside <laughs> the band for her. And I'm like, okay, well, how the, all right, well, so I'm, I'm helping her with this. And the thing is with MySpace, you could, uh, I guess they have these things called bulletins or whatever. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, where you post something. So uh, I was using. Explain it to the kids out there these days. Right, you kids out there. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like um, it's like a status update, you know. But it was called a bulletin, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's to a Facebook status update, but you know, like uh, 
I for the kids who never experienced MySpace, let me tell you, think Facebook only a yeah, hell of hell. a lot cooler. Exactly. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah, hundred percent, dude. It was a uh, so I would I would run her uh, Facebook page for her and kind of help keep things organized for her. Not Facebook, MySpace page, and then uh, on uh, and then her Luchador page. Um, my wife, she would uh, she used to do a lot of editing for like uh, like I was MySpace. I was about to ask you about that because I knew that back in the day, Ashley used to uh, uh, trick out your MySpace for a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah, she used to do a lot of people's MySpaces for money, dude. And it was just, she'd make it a little legit because she was really good with those HTML, all that shit, you know. She'd have my look and stroke. And then, like, uh, I remember, like, uh, everybody, like, like the Michael Gray's band, like, different people, those bands loved the way my page looked. And they're like, can you get her to do our page for us? So she was doing uh she was doing all these people's pages, um you know but yeah I would use uh so you know like we're trying to maximize we're trying to get them like a full two month tour going so I said Amy I'm like well I need you to post these bulletins and have and let promoters know that you're uh that you have a band and that you're going out on tour because at this point no one knew that the Lucha Gores ever existed. I so, never knew. They were long gone by the time I learned of them, and I only found out about them from hanging out with you. Yeah, dude. And Even doing this episode, I tried to... I mean, okay, it's been years since the band has come and gone. Surely there's some record that they exist on the internet. And there is a little bit, but there's just not a lot of information out there. Yeah, you got Apple Music. I think they have their. I think they have only one album they ever uh, made. Mm-hmm. Uh, Self-titled, two thousand seven. Yeah, you done your research. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and if you listen to it, you know what I mean. It's just like, I mean, like a general audience is going to be like, "What is this?" You know, but like people who are real big into like punk rock music, they can appreciate it. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's pretty much like my involvement with them, dude. You know, like I would. Uh, I would run their fa- their MySpace pages for them. I would book them all these tours. You know, I, I booked them in California, Ohio, everywhere, dude. Like, uh, even Canada, dude. I think we did a run in Canada. And, dude, keep in mind, dude, I'm 21 years old, dude. Like, and I'm like, I've never done this shit. Like, I'm, I've done a very few dates for Michael and toured with him, you know. And, like, but Amy was a lot easier sell, you know. And she... She she wasn't looking for she wasn't looking to get rich off this at all. She wasn't looking to get rich. She just wanted to play music. She just wanted to be out there and be known, you know. All, and and all she wanted was just to make sure that they can cover uh, their expenses to get to the next town, you know. And I remember yeah. there was this one time, dude, that she wanted to play three shows in one day. She would do a matinee show in one town, try two hours later to go to another show and play it, and then play a, a different show later that night. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. So, like, I've never heard of anyone doing this. Uh, I, and I, I, I have to look back at my old contracts to find it, dude. But, you know, uh, and uh, I remember at one point we had to we had to cancel a few shows because her voice, she she really overdid herself. You know what I mean? She she gave it her all, dude. And she her voice went out, and we had to cancel, like, a few shows and reschedule them for a later date. But... So uh, after uh, their second tour, you know, we kind of uh, there's a little break taken uh, because the guitar player Shane, he, uh, you know, like we were discussing, he was a real big into horror movies and stuff like that. 
but what ended up happening was he was working on the new Rob Zombie movie, uh, Halloween Two. I, okay. Now this is this is our next thing we got here. This is about what two thousand eight. Yeah, around two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the so when you go to the um, the con or the not the concert but the movie set. Uh, so you got that gig through Shane, right? Yeah, because what happened was, uh, me and Shane were friends on uh, we were friend we were friends on uh, my MySpace, and uh, and then I found out he was working on this movie and they needed some extras. So I sent them a text. I'm like, bro, count me in, man. I would love to do this. I'll, uh, that's that's like my shit right there. I love horror movies. That fucking Halloween, dude. Michael Myers. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I would do this. So, <laughs> so I was like, I contacted my brother. I'm like, dude, you want to be in Halloween? Uh, yeah. Okay. And then my <laughs> other, I contacted my other buddy Jake, and I'm like, dude, you want to be in Halloween? Yeah, man. So we all three, we just like, let's do this. And then, so Amy, Amy and Shane got us that, uh, got us a, a extra role in this movie. So what was cool was, we go out there and we had this fucking. Uh, Awesome, awesome hotel, man. It's like the most, it's the nicest hotel I've ever been in at the time, you know. Uh, Nicer than that one we stayed in in San Antonio. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. This is like, (laughs) (laughs) this is like uh, Michael McDowell was staying at the same hotel, which uh, he he played Loomis in in Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. He was a cop, you know. Uh, Okay. He he played in like Clockwork Orange. Uh, he was yeah. at the same hotel. Weird Al Yankovic was at the same hotel because he was in this movie, uh, and it, it was pretty cool, dude. It was like uh, the tables were touch screen in the lobby. It was a, uh, I mean, I, I was definitely out of place in this thing, you know, because I was just this punk looking kid, dude. And it's like <laughs> everybody's wearing suit and ties. Uh, these women holding their dogs like this, you know, you know, <laughs> the, the upper class, you know, you know. You oh yeah. Lower- yeah, this lower class kid staying in this upper class hotel. It was just, yeah, I stuck out like a sore thumb. But um, so we get up. Uh, so we're going to do this movie. You know, never done a movie in my life or anything like that. Don't know what to expect. They uh, so we we're told meet uh, be at this location at this at like I think five a.m. in the morning. And oh we wow. We didn't get to our hotel until like midnight, and we were too excited. So we were like, fuck, we didn't sleep. We just went ahead and went out there, you know? Um, yeah. And so we get out there, and then we have, and we all take this charter bus to this bum fuck nowhere, dude. It was like, I, I don't know where it was. I don't know exactly where we were, but so we pull up at this weird building, and then uh, all these townspeople were looking, like wondering what the hell's going on. They had it roped off. So we go into this little. Uh, we go into this building where they're wanting us to have our costumes and stuff put on. So I see Shane. Me and Shane, we hug, we talk. And then uh, so I'm, I'm going to I ask, I say, is Amy here, by the way? And they're like, yeah, she's over here. You know, she's hanging out. So I, I go up, I say, what's up, Amy? She hugs me. We talk for a little bit. And uh, so so Shane, we go in. And then uh, Amy does my makeup for this movie because it's a Halloween party that we're at. That's the scene that we're in. It's the Halloween party. And so uh, Amy, she's actually working uh, working on the set for this movie. And I, I'm sure nobody knows that, dude. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I don't think that's out there either, that that's you know, a very well-known thing. 
Yeah, Amy, a hundred percent, dude. She was, she did my makeup for the movie, dude. Like I had this like quick, crazy like zombie face thing going. Uh, and then Shane, her, uh, the guitar, uh, the guitar player who was actually the one doing the set designs and whatnot. He did. He did my shirt for me. Uh, he I had this little wife beater on, you know, uh, because I I was gonna sneak up and wear one of my uh, infamous Rick Dunster shirts, you know, with my face on it. <laughs> with the face, but, everybody knows the face. That's 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 got to be an episode someday too. <laughs> it is so weird to me still, even even now, especially knowing you and everything like that. It makes it even weirder to me how popular that t-shirt got i even wanted one before i knew who the fuck you were <laughs> i don't know dude it's like i mean i went like it was just kind of weird dude. i don't know like i was just i was just trying to market my name you know what i mean and, and you could have made a killing off of that fucking t-shirt alone as many as were as many as were i don't know if they were sold but given away but <laughs> No, I, I, I sold a, I sold a lot of them, dude. Like, but close friends and stuff like that. I, I, I gave a lot away. Then at my shows, there were like promotions where I just, you know, you have those things. You shoot the shirts out. And, yeah. You know, so, but if the thing is, is, like everybody that wore one, it was just a walking billboard for me, you know. And that was just my mindset here, you know. Like the more of these I can get distributed, the more people are going to recognize the name Rick Dunster. So when Rick Dunster does a promotion, people are going to like. Hey, I recognize that name. This is going to be something legit, so and people would go, and it worked. So, back in the day, uh, back in the day, when we talk about uh, in in the past episodes, when I snuck into a Rick Dunsford show for Pop Evil, and they had the T-shirt cannon, and they shot the T-shirt in the audience, and I actually caught a T-shirt. I caught a white t-shirt, and I was like, man, I finally got one of these shirts that everybody's wearing. These look really cool. And I open it up, and it's Rick partner, Rick's partner, Trick Turner. And I go, <laughs> and I look, Trick Turner? Who the fuck is this? And I just kind of threw it back into the crowd, and somebody else caught it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God rest his soul now, man. Uh, he's passed now, but you know, like... But, oh, man, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was an old partner of mine that we just tried. Uh, he had a he had a different connection with different crowds, so it worked out good, you know. But uh, you know, but the Rick Dunster shirts were uh, there's there's probably like fifteen different designs I've had made over the years. Um, you know, <laughs> do you rem- <laughs> I just want to ask one more thing while, before we move on from the shirts. Do you remember the day my ex girlfriend came over to your house wearing the Rick Dunsford shirt and how much shit we gave her? Because it's like, oh, so like when you go to the concert, do you wear the band's shirt when you go to that too? And is that, <laughs> is that what this is like? <laughs> and she didn't. She claims she didn't realize. She just grabbed a shirt out of the out of the laundry. But do you remember that? Yeah, but when like, she came yeah. over, we was giving her so much shit about. That. Yeah, dude, and it was funny, man. Like I remember on show days when I would do shows, I would uh, I would be at the store. I, I kid you not, I saw like four people wearing those shirts. I'm like, what the fuck? You would see them everywhere. I'm like, this is like I said, I didn't even know you at the time, and I knew that shirt. I've seen it so many places. <laughs> Dude, I got but one in my closet still. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Halloween 2 a little bit more for just a second. Uh, let's get back into Halloween 2 for a second. The budget for that movie was three, $33.4 million. How much of that did you get to take? Oh, they actually paid you. I didn't think they paid you anything. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, you... I, was a, 
I was a paid extra. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, half of the half of the extras were not. They just did it for free. But yeah, I was a paid one. I still got my pay stuff for it. It's nice. in my safe. Yeah, uh, I got paid for that. Um, you know, but like, yeah, but was the, that's what I'm saying, man. That's like I should tell you what kind of person Amy is, dude. Like, she that she's literally working on a set doing makeup for extras. You know what I mean? Like that. She that's, that's what, a passion. Uh, she wanted to do it, and that's what I admire about her so much, man. Like, so, um, you know, we go and uh, after doing all that, man. Like, uh, is this the cast of crew? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for Rick Dunsford's film debut. I thought we would get a whole episode out of this later on, but I don't see where we'll ever talk about this again in long form like this. Uh, it looks like looks like it got a twenty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which you know. It's not a good it, it, the movie. It, yeah, the movie wasn't that great, man. But you know, I just it, I didn't give no fucks though, man, because it was a it was it was a fun experience. You know, like if you uh, let me see here, dude. Uh, I'm trying to see chick- if Lita is mentioned anywhere on uh, on the uh, the thing, but. So Lita did your makeup, and uh, I'm sure you've got pictures of that. I've seen the pictures, so I know we can post pictures uh, on your Facebook or whatever, so people can find them. But uh, if, you, if you go to IMDb, you'll see that uh, if you type in a Rick Dunsford on IMDb, you'll see that Halloween Two uh, I am listed on there as an uncredited. You know uh, that which as <laughs> uncredited means it's an extra. You know you're an extra in it. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually, you can actually see me in the movie too, in the movie too, at one point. And, uh, I have my makeup on. And so when I was in this, when I was doing this scene, I'm like, well, I definitely want to be on, uh, I definitely want to find a way to get on the screen. Uh, yeah, scroll. Yeah, dude, that's, uh, see. Oh, oh, uh, listen, listen, what we got? The Human Centipede 3. The Courtroom Sitter and the Curse of Chucky. <laughs> So if you want to troll somebody, I guess this is how we do it. The tribe cannibal in Green Inferno. <laughs> Phantom Jam Party Goer is how you're listed in Halloween too. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's my too, dude. Oh, and his sign, this is how you know that this is bullshit. Did you know his sign is a Virgo? Yeah, this is gonna be fucking embarrassing, dude. I don't know what the fuck my sign is, man. I don't. I You're don't a Leo. That shit. Okay, well, I, I don't know how that's on there. So, can anyone edit this shit? <laughs> yes, anybody can, dude. You not remember when the, the we we'll, we'll talk off the air? Yeah, I think anybody can edit this. You know, but like, uh, so like at this movie, dude. Like, I I was wanting to be on the screen so badly. Yeah, because I didn't want to come out here just for nothing and just be like, you know, uh, and not even make it on the screen. So whenever end up on the cutting room floor in a deleted scene or some shit. So when they end up bringing in all the uh, the, the the main actors, actresses, and all that, uh, I was thinking like I'm gonna stand next to them the entire time because they're the ones <laughs> that's gonna be on the screen, and I'm gonna stand right beside them and in hopes that I get on the screen. So it was like the, the the one girl is Taylor Scout Campbell, I think her name was. She's done some movies, a, a good bit of movies. I don't know if she does anything now. And then they had that one kid, uh, 
uh, that was in those AT and T commercials a long time ago. Just like, but mom, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I already got his name. Uh, so I was standing next to them, and sure enough, and when I watched the movie, uh, you can see me on there, and uh, the way you can recognize me is my hair's done crazy, and this uh, this uh, dragon tattoo, you can see it, but it's before it's finished. It's just a black and white tattoo, and I'm just holding my arm up, and you know, when I tell people, like when I tell people about the experience, it fucking sucked, dude. It was horrible because we had to drink non-alcoholic beer for 18 hours straight. But, and we had to watch this band play the same fucking song for 18 <laughs> hours. I'm like, dude. And it was like a rockabilly song. And I'm like, I hate rockabilly, but I'm like, okay. Fuck. It was like, it was hell, dude. This is like, it was like being in hell. But the, I love rockabilly, but man, I have my limits. 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it, bro, it was horrible, man. And it, they had these strippers on stage dancing. So here's what he, so here's where it gets kind of funny, man. Like I didn't tell my wife about this until afterwards. So but I didn't tell her about the strippers there all that. But what made it worse was, uh, so we were filming this during the day, okay? And so okay. after we got done with it, we're like, oh, we're finally done. Let's go back home. And they're like, well, we got a couple more hours. We're like, what the fuck? And they're like, what else do I do? So now it's my time. We're going to have to film you guys walking into this party. Like you're going to this concert, this party, whatever. So this is going to be the start of the scene. And what we finished was the end. Of the, what we started at the beginning of the day was the end of the scene. And we're like, well, oh, damn, shit. Okay. So, but this was the fun part because we're outside. We have fresh air. It's not hot. And so, so Shane, I, I think, I believe what Shane did it. Uh, the two strippers that were on stage, they gave, they put one stripper with me, and they put one stripper with my brother, AJ. So we're literally walking <laughs> to the building, and these were our dates to, to go into this thing. And uh, oh. so so we're like, okay, this is all right. You know, so like, Lisa, you know, this is pretty cool, you know. And then they had, a, and then they wanted us to film after the concert. So we had to act like we're so drunk, leaving the show and all that. So they put this, uh, they had me in this, just this big, big old fat guy. They're like, right, you two are going to be drunk buddies. I'm like, okay, I'm like, what's up, bro? So we're like, hey. So we're like, uh, I was like, I just play like you're drunk and I'm carrying you, okay? <laughs> so. <we're> <laughs> like the little guy is carrying the big guy. And yeah, I swear to you. So we're like walking down this hill and they're filming. And then he, and this dude is selling that he is drunk. He is like, I am, well, I'm telling you, he is selling it, dude. I'm like, I'm legit carrying this dude. And then we're like stumbling, you know, because they wanted us to stumble. And then he ends up falling down, rolling. And then next thing we hear, hey, we said cut. We said cut. And so me and this dude, we look like idiots because we're sitting there rolling down the hill. <laughs> and the scene stopped, and they stopped filming for a few minutes. And we look around, everybody's just staring at us. And we're like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right. Like, just get, I'm like, man, just get me out of here. I'm tired of this shit, you know, like. And they're like, you guys want, they're like, you guys want to come back and film some more tomorrow? I'm like, hell no, I'm ready to go home, man. This is like, I'm exhausted. Well, Plus, um. So with so, Amy, dude, well, like after the Halloween thing, dude, uh, I worked with, uh, I, me and Amy, we had one more meeting, dude. Uh, you know, well, I did book him a, a smaller tour, one more tour. And uh, so uh, I did my uh, music festival in uh in tupelo which was the very first nerva uh it was a 2010 so that right there was i wanted to bring amy in uh and the luchadors because they were uh they were a big part of my life uh and i wanted to showcase them and 
the best way I possibly could, you know. So I flew them in, and uh, I got, and they played. Uh, I was the skate park stage, and I've got the whole show on video, man. I've got it professionally shot. Uh, it just needs to be edited. It's all raw footage right now. But uh, I remember uh, on the stage, Amy really gave said some really, really nice, heartfelt things about me, man, and uh, which made it, honestly those her words right there and her. Cause, when I tell you that Amy, she really believed in me, dude. Uh, she supported me so much. And that, uh, I mean, we haven't spoken like 10 years, dude. But, like, I, I would do anything for her right now, dude. You know what I mean? She just, she's done a lot for it. She, she's helped me a lot, dude. She's got me, a, uh, she opened a lot of doors for me. She supported me. And, uh, I mean, but that was the last time me and her worked together was that Minerva uh, 2010. And we're going to have an episode on Minerva. Uh in the future also uh that's coming uh, but before uh before we wrap up everything i am going to play one more clip from lita or from amy and uh we're going to uh this is again from the uh rick dunsford radio show and what i want to play is uh we're going to look at hindsight basically from the band and in this clip, she's talking about this was, I guess, 2007, maybe 2008, when this was recorded, right? About? Yeah, I would, I would, I would uh, probably say 2007. That's when I was really into doing all that. So the band is pretty much getting started. And in this clip, she talks about the goals that she has for the band. I want to hear what her intentions were for the band and with the benefit of hindsight let's see how much of that she accomplished and it'd be really great to have her input on it but if she wants to come on the show and talk about it uh yeah but uh, yeah who knows but uh for now let's just look from our perspective to see if we can determine how much of this actually happened and I got to be honest, I really, I, I, I ended the clip when I was cutting this out of the, I got to where you asked the question and I only listened enough to make sure I got the clips right. So I'm hearing this for the first time too. So just the, just that little tidbit of information there. But, uh, yeah, so this, uh, let's go. Here's Lita talking about goals for the band. For me, um, is really a personal venture you know and my goal is to have fun and explore that musical vein that I've always wanted to and that I had played in bands before I got into the WWE but never got to really sink my teeth into it and so for me it's more just a personal journey I've taken vocal lessons and I'm learning to play guitar and you know it's just more like um, it's really neat for me watching me grow as a songwriter and grow as a musician and if we can gain fans along the way and people can come with us on our journey as a, uh, you know our journey as a band writing songs together and having fun and doing our thing expressing ourselves then then that's awesome but not to sound like a snot but it's like the fans but it's, uh, it's secondary because it's you know for me it's like kind of an inward journey and not having a boss, and not, and not having to answer to anybody besides my three bandmates, 
and not being led around by a choke chain, you know, 365. Okay, so, I mean, it sounds like she got what she wanted out of it then. It was... Like she said, it wasn't a business experience. It was a personal experience. And she wasn't really worried about the popularity of the band. It was more worried about doing this for herself. So, Yeah, and that's uh, – she was 100% right, dude. She didn't uh, – if she was worried about the popularity of the band, she would have done uh, – like, for example, how uh, Michael does, you know, uh, uses uh, – piggybacks off the Misfits name as much as possible, you know. Uh, nothing – no shade towards him at all whatsoever because if I, mean, if I was in that situation i would that's what i would do you know what i mean hell, yeah if i was if i was 80 you know what i mean like i would use my past fame to really push my band forward but the thing is that's what i like about amy man she was just she wanted to do she wanted to do something fresh she wanted to be she wanted to be amy she did not want to be lita she and that was very uh, that was very clear she did not want to be she did not want to be lita at all she did not want to play sports bars. She wanted to play punk rock bars. And All right. And uh, so she be- she definitely embodied that spirit. And it shows, man. Like you can go to my YouTube channel. And I've got a I've got a good bit of clips of her band playing. I probably only the probably more, some of the only clips you'll find of her band playing. And, probably. Uh, and when I, I searched, it did take me that when I was searching on YouTube, most of the returns that I got went to your YouTube channel. <laughs> hey, dude, like, I, I, you know, if Amy ever decided to get back into doing her band again, dude, you know what? If she ever needed me for anything, dude, I'd be there in a heartbeat, you know? But So you've got an entire concert professionally shot for this band, probably the only pro shot concert footage that exists of this band. Yep. I mean... I would probably say don't release it or anything without talking to them, but it might be something they were they would be interested in having or putting out there. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure if someone she's probably going to end up seeing this one day, you know. Uh, but what I would uh, I've got I've got a DVD too, man. It was a uh, I believe is I believe they were live at a video called Jack Rabbits. It was shot from the the very back. It's the whole show, and it has some kind of fan made music video in it too. Uh, that is really cool, dude. Uh, yeah, it's stuff like that. You know, once I go through my archives and stuff like that, I'll uh, unless they tell me they don't want this stuff on the internet, which I have had bands tell me they got pissed at me for putting up uh, old footage of uh, their band, you know, uh, because uh, it messes up their revenue. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I said. Like you'd have to talk to them and see if there's something they even want out there. Yeah, I mean, but I do have a, I do have a lot of footage. Uh, I've got a ton of, uh, I've got some old promo photos, uh, their old logos. Uh, you know, because I was their guy for a while, man. I was well, pretty much these, most of these. This is of the band, dude. I was, uh, I was very, very, very much involved with this band uh, for the majority of it. But and honestly. With all with all the bands that I've ever worked with, even though this is not a big name, this is probably my favorite, one of my favorite, absolute favorite experiences. And um, you know, uh, when you think of a WWE diva that had all this fortune and fame, you think that she, you, you would think that you might get a total bitch, but no, she, you got a total sweetheart. You got someone that was, uh, you got someone that was very real. 
very, very real. And that's the best way to describe her. And, dude, her bandmates, the greatest people you'll meet, dude. I, I had so much fun. And it was just a, it was fun for me, dude. It, it wasn't work. It wasn't work at all. It was, it was a blast and a pleasure. Well, we're going to wrap up the episode by saying that the Luchagors played their final show as far as I can find uh, in my research. Like I said, there wasn't a lot that I was able to find, and I dug pretty pretty deep. The last known show at the time of this recording that I can find on record was July 31st, 2014 in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's been quite a while since the band has been active but I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, you come, you come, out, you take away from it. You had a good experience with them. You made what I it sounds to me like are some really good friends. And at the end of the day, man, uh, friends are. I've always said friends are more important than money. Yeah, I haven't spoken with them in a while, man. Like, uh, you know, like after the after working with them in the the after Minerva and all that, uh, life kind of takes you. A, kind of takes you down different roads man uh yeah i got married i had kids and it was just so hard to, i couldn't get what they deserved you know what i mean as far as the the time and uh everything so but you know it was a, uh, it was definitely uh something i'll never forget and uh and i hope this uh, i hope this uh episode is very has a lot of information you know for people that want to know about this man you know what i mean and i've if anyone has any questions about it, you know, just hit me up on social media. You know, I could, I got pictures, I got videos. I could, you know, like I want, I want people to know about them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, on that note, I think, I mean, we went well over our, uh, planned time for this episode, but we had a good conversation. It was real informative, man. It was really nice to, to kind of get some answers. Cause even for me and doing the research, I felt like I came into this, fucking show with no kind of idea what to do so i mean it's really cool to me as the first listener of this podcast to get to understand a little more about the luchagors and what they were about and what they were like so that's really cool well, they and, were uh, very real they were very real they're very genuine and they they definitely uh i mean they were they, they were they were great 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 people not everyone's gonna like everybody's gonna have different opinions on music or whatnot you know but i mean if you're into like the ramones you're into like the misfits you're into like punk rock you know or uh, pennywise and stuff like that you know just give them a shot man they're uh they got like a it's just it's all passion for them all passion and it, it wasn't about getting rich it's not about that it was that's what made them real you know what i mean oh yeah and um, with that, guys, we're going to start wrapping things up. I can finally mark the Luchagors off of our list here. Yeah, this and, is my favorite episode so far. This is by far my favorite one. Well, that's cool, man. I think every episode we do so far has been better than the last. So Yeah, uh, I get more comfortable as we go on with this, you know, and it's just... Uh, because this is, I'm not like a Mr. Personality here, I guess. But it's, <laughs> but, uh, it's fun telling these stories that uh, that I never had the opportunity to, to, to tell before, you know? We're old men sitting around the campfire telling stories. Is we're, we're our generation's equivalent to that. Fuck yeah, dude. And I love it. I fucking love it, man. <laughs> well, guys, uh, 
We're going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to come back next week for another all-new adventure and a story that we're going to we're going to tell. Not sure what we're going to do yet. We'll talk about it off the air and we'll find uh, the perfect follow-up for this. But did you know you don't got to wait till Wednesday to get new episodes of Band? You can get these episodes t- today, the day we tape the show. It goes live on GunsAndRadio.com. So go sign up to GunsAndRadio.com for early access to band. And be sure to come back to this podcast stream each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode. So, Rick, do you got anything you want to say before we go? Um, I highly recommend anyone, please, go to Apple Music or something. Just check out their music. You know, just give them a shot. Listen to uh, Already Gone. That, that's, that's one I'm really fond of. Um, already gone already gone so uh, that's one of the ones i uh, I told amy i really enjoyed a lot uh we'll see if uh, i can find an official link on youtube and then we'll share it in the description yeah uh, there's a uh, apple music dude or uh or uh, spotify whatever you know just i know they're on these uh i know they're on these streaming platforms uh people don't know it though and people don't realize that's amy but uh, yeah check them out man they're uh they're great they're great 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 people and with that guys uh that's going to do it for this edition of band the real life misadventures of rick dunsford and friends until next time i'm dustin bones he's rick dunsford see you next week folks good night everybody later